peoples of the worldwide federated internet, what's good? Today in episode two of Crisis of Faith, I'm going to talk to a good friend of mine. We've known each other for 20-something years. I want to say, I think it's 24 years, might be 25 years. I think that's what he said. And he was the person who presented me the gospel. I got saved a year later. And it's been some bumps and bruises. As I said before, I wish I could say I've walked out my whole Christian life and it's been all candy and roses, but it's been bumpy. But God has been faithful and good this entire time. So let's get into this. All right, here we go. So for those of you who don't know, you always hear me talk about having a conversation with a good friend of mine. I have known this brother for what has it been now? 20 25 26 years good grief man i was 18 so let me tell yeah. let me tell you all the story let me get you let me, i gotta start y'all off so i'm a young man just signed up for the air force i had some questions coincidentally god and his sovereignty i met this guy when i was in tech school first person i young person that i've ever met in my life that was talking about god and serving god with nobody else around like it, nobody forcing him to do this. And that was an oddity to me. And me and him talked about the Bible a lot. Now I wasn't saved. You know, I, I would, I would call myself at that point, maybe semi-religious in the religious, you know, standpoint, but not saved. get to Eglin air force base, get to the dorms. I'm in a day room. First, one of the first people I ran into is this brother right here, Darius. He handed me a gospel track. <laughs> I got saved. I want to say it was a full year later. I think I, I, if I'm, if I remember correctly, I visited the church once. And then a year later, I came a few times before I got saved. I want to say, but yeah, man. So, so this is, this is the, the, the man responsible for all my foolishness. So any problem you got with me, you're going to have to blame it on him. He did it. <laughs> no, no, I, I can't take the credit for that, man. <laughs> like I say, we we were young back then, and you know, if I remember correctly, it was me. I talked with you and Brian and Carlos, and yep. it was so many of us. Nate, yeah, we all just was you know young men, you know, with, with a fire for God. You know what I'm saying? We when we met up, you know, all we did back then to sit around talking about the Bible. That's we it. We became our own person, our own people, in our own right. Right. And we learned the Word of God. You know. You know how the Bible tells you iron sharpens iron, you know, and uh, and, and so and, and that that's how it's been, you know, it's been, you know, that his iron on my iron beating, you know, mailing me out, stretching me out to get sharper and and tougher, and saying with me beating on him. And, and now let me questions. let me interject and let me tell y'all, no, it, this goes one way. Whenever I think I'm right about something, I'll call this dude, and he's I call him my monkey wrench. 
Like, I think I got something figured out. I don't know. You probably want to think about this. And I'm like, man, this dude, I, I, I thought I arrived. And then he just throw this monkey wrench in the plan. But <laughs> it ain't like I know either, though, Khalifa. I mean, a lot of a lot of this is, you know, I, I'm, you know, I know I probably probably said this a lot before. And, and, you know, you know, a lot of times and when we talk, I mean, I, I do a lot of thinking. I think about a lot of things. So I'm, I'm not afraid to ask the ask questions you know right and so i, I know last week y'all talked about apologetics a little bit and and that's me I, I mean i'm not that not that i'm an apologetics guy but I, I like to ask questions and i like to i like to find concrete answers and so right. so in our conversations it's not that i'm trying to be right or or or, or i don't thought about it so deeply past what khalif or somebody else made to think of it. it's just you know sometimes i'm i'm asking the question that maybe somebody else didn't ask you know what i'm saying right no doubt and, uh, you know so no doubt but the reason the reason I, I wanted to to have you on and I'm going to let you speak. I'm just going to throw this out there and let you speak and you can tell your story. This is my what I call my my crisis of faith series. Now, not everybody's situation is the same. Darius situation is much different from Roger's situation. What brought Darius to his concrete conclusion is completely different from what brought Roger to his concrete conclusion. Everybody has different personalities. I think when you read the Bible, you see, yes, God inspired men to write these words. But if you read between the lines, you can see how God used the personality of these different men to draw out different things in the Bible. And I think in the same vein, you can take two dissimilar people that both have a crisis of faith, and it's not going to be the same answer that settles it for both of them. So I want you to tell your story, how your crisis of faith started and go as deep into it as you want. And I'll interject whenever I have a question. Sure. Sure. Well, first, before I get started, I just want to say hello to everybody. It's, it's, a, it's a pleasure to be able to talk to you. Uh, Y'all getting me in my, 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 my cool uh, function. I like to talk loud. I like to talk with my hands. And so, you know, I'm trying, I'm a little nervous. I'm trying to, you know, be in one little square box here, this computer screen. And uh, so, so forgive me for being a little bit robotic. Uh, I want to say hello to Roger. Man, I enjoyed you last week. It was a blessing uh, watching y'all. And then for everybody else, Nate, if y'all looking and, you know, uh, you know, uh, Don and everybody, hello. And everybody who haven't seen in a while, hello. So, but to get started, you know, I, I probably was, I, I probably was uh, around, almost 20 years old when uh, Nate, uh, you know, between 19 and 20, when Nate, who y'all had met at some point, uh, Morales came and he preached me the gospel, right? One day I was coming out of a post office and I was like, it's hot. And he was like, it's hotter than this in hell. And I'm like, well, okay. <laughs> like where that came <laughs> you know from? <laughs> and, you know, and you know, with most of us, anybody listening here, man, most of us start really young, you know, thinking about God and thinking about the things of God. By the time I was 19, I was in church with, you know, you know, I still would go out to the club a little bit and hang out a little bit. I still was trying to do all the wrong things. But when I met Nate, man, something was different about it, man. I mean, he was, I mean, he was, I mean, in my point of view, he was telling, you know, basically, you know, you're going to hell. Like, I, like, like you kind of heard that before, but I ain't never had nobody directly say to me that one day I was going to die and I was going to go to hell. Now he used those fear tactics and you know, you know, you know, that might not work on everybody, but for, for me, it was, that was the moment, man. I would say about two weeks later, I, you know, I made a profession of faith 
And, and, and man, I took off running, man. I'm telling you, man, I ended up reading the entire Bible. I, I mean, reading every book I get my hand on. And we were going to an independent Baptist church, if you know anything about independent Baptists. And uh, we was going to, so it was, it was a, what at the time I would consider a Bible church, you know, and man, we, we, we sit every day, man, we, we witnessed like crazy. So that day when I met Khalif, it just was something we, I was doing every day of my life. I carried around gospel tracks, all types. I mean, in the car, I put them in my pockets. They was, it was everywhere. I walked everywhere with my Bible. It didn't matter where I was. I had a gospel track and a, and an opportunity to tell somebody about Jesus Christ. You know, I'm a shy person, but none of my friends would say I'm shy, right? Not at all. Uh, you know, right? <laughs> but but I'm shy. But you know, when it comes down to the gospel, I just it just blah, it just comes out, you know. And uh, you know, so so you know, so that's just you know, fast forward a few years. I mean, I'm living for God. I mean, life is going well, and we I'm I'm going to uh, Faith Independent Baptist Church, and you know, you know, things starting to get a little shaky, right? Because you know, there were no women there, so so you know, you know, as a single man, you you starting to think like, man, I ain't gonna ever get married. I mean, you know, they, they were against, you know, interracial marriages and things like that. And most of the young ladies were too young for marriage. And, you know, so there was a, a lack of African-American young ladies. And then there was a lack of, you know, ladies in that even old enough for, for dating. So, so, so already, you know, things are happening that's kind of pulling me away from church, you know, because, you know, you, you, you lonely and you got friends and I had a lot of them. I mean, I had a lot of friends, man, you know, but, 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 you know, I had, and I had a roommate at the time and we living for God, all of us. I mean, I would say everybody that was in our little group, it was about seven, seven to 10 of us. And, and, and then families, it was offshoots of families, the Alberts. I mean, it was such a blessing, the Richards. I mean, these families were a blessing. We spent so much time with them, but when you went home, you was alone, you know? Mm. And so I had a roommate for a while, Brian, one, I mean, one of our greatest friends. I mean, yeah. you hear most of us talk about him and, and, and you, you would know this is a great man, you know, we, we love him to death and and um and brian me and brian were roommates for a while and we got another roommate after that and and brian used to dj he just called himself wolverine you know yeah, dj wolverine trash, right you know and none of that made sense i had to fly his name anyway but anyway but uh we're not gonna talk about that <laughs> i know right no i'm just joking it wasn't nothing bad but but uh so 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 uh while i was living there with brian i mean I started exploring other things. We was watching movies because in the independent Baptist church, we just did, generally didn't watch movies. And the Bible was all we did. I mean, that, we just fellowshiped in Bible. But when me and Brian became roommates, we started watching more movies, started exploring, listening to different music. Brian was playing a lot of the Christian hip hop, making his own Christian hip hop um, music. And so, you know, I'm a reader, so I started reading books. You know, and, and, and one book, I'm going to mention the book, but I don't even recommend nobody read the book, right? I'm not recommending anything, but I read this book by um, Dan Brown. And it was, uh, it was um, uh, what was the name of that book? Um, uh, um, the Da Vinci Code. Mm. And that's when life started to change for me, right? Because mm. at this point, it started presenting Christ in this, in this way that I had never heard before. Right. So I'm in this independent Baptist church and yeah, they preaching the Bible, right? They preaching the gospel, the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ. But it's similar to what Roger said. It's just questions, right? You got these questions that are not being answered satisfactorily. You know what I'm saying? And you're young. So the, 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 the crisis of faith for most people come when they're young, they're in the eight, between 18 and 30. They still don't know a lot about life. And so they still explored. They, they don't quite, they, they, they learn to not trust mom as much and not trust mm. authority as much. And that's, that's where my crisis really came is, 
you know, and then the authority in my life, which is my pastor, you know, we were having issues about racial stuff. I mean, it was, you know, you know, I told you the black people couldn't marry the white people and things like that. And, and then we had them saying some of the most egregious things, man, from the, you know, from, from the pulpit and the things that were being sold in the church about blacks. And so now I'm not only questioning the authority, I'm questioning whether could these people even be Christians if they can't love me and people that look like me. Mm. I know Roger said he ain't got no problems with the people at the church. And and I would um, imagine that's what he would say, right? I mean, you know, and not in any bad way. It's just right. he wouldn't have experience with our experience. It's different, you know? yeah, different perspectives. And those experiences, it was different perspectives. Those experiences were horrible, man. I mean, I mean, horrible to the fact that, man, it's just like, man, these cannot be Christians. And if these ain't Christians, the only ones I have ever heard really preach the gospel, if they ain't Christians, there ain't no such thing as Christianity. And I'm reading mm. this book by Dan Brown, and he is exploring Christ as a, a true person, a real person, but a person that was just a man, right? Mm. And, and that, that, that had sins and had a wife and did things he... You know, and I'm like, well, hold up, man. If, if Christ is just a person, now this book is fictional. Right. But they, the way they bring it to you, and in and, and, and the background from the book comes from a, you know, I would say a non-fictional tradition for that for the person writing it. Right. You know, and so I got I got hooked in, man. I mean, that that's the way the devil gets you. First thing that happens is questioning authority, right? I mean, mm. what what happened with Adam and Eve in the garden? We'll talk Ooh. a lot about this today. But Adam and Eve in the garden, first thing is is questioning authority. So as soon as my authority was able to be questioned, it wasn't long before I was hanging in the wind, man. I was Ooh, doing my own thing. Wait, I mean, wait, wait, just, wait. Let me let me pause you. Let's 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 say that again one more time. Hit hit that hit that one more time again. What happened? Questioning authority, man. I mean, once you once you started questioning authority and and and, and started questioning the things that are authoritative in your life. I mean, it's not long before you would do anything, right? When when there's no lock, that, that's what the world we live in now, right? You know, you know, there's no authority, so nobody's right or wrong, and so people tend to do whatever comes to mind. We find in the book of Judges, right? Mm. You know, there's no king in the land; they, they ain't following God to do whatever comes to mind. You know, and, and, until they cutting a woman up in fifty minutes, you know, twelve pieces and sending off all the tribe, right? You know, so so you know. You know, that's what me, that was me, man. I, I became depraved, man. I mean, I'm trying, I went, you know, Roger said in his, in his uh, interview that, you know, in his mind, there was the things that he wanted to do. He just never did it. Well, I did it. I mean, I did every, if there was no God, then what is it that I could do? Anything I wanted. And I did it. I did whatever my heart was content to do. Mm. I mean, now, now I'm reaping the reaper. I mean, I'm re I'm reaping those, those, those seeds that I have sown now, I, I totally right. regret that now. But then I was like, there is no God. I mean, I remember I remember one time sitting down praying. I was like, what am I praying for? There ain't no God. I can remember thinking like, man, when I die, this is it. And, you know, those was the low moments. The high moments was I was, you know, I was, you know, I was having sex. I was meeting young ladies. I mean, that was the most part of it, right? I was just, right. you know, I mean, that's really what the things that I think most men want to do is just get out there. And that's a fact fine girls you know money and women and so so That's you know I mean, I, right money and women i mean i, I ain't really had no other ambitions that that was just it and and so you know you know i, I wasn't as ugly as i am now i was good looking back then i was, <laughs> I, I was handsome and, and, and i was letting me go to waste as a christian seemed like right and and and, and you know and, and now when i look back I, I totally regret it you know the bible tells us that you know, to find God in your youth because there are evil days that are going to come, right? And, mm. and you, you, you can't see that when you're young. You can't see that the evil days will come. You, 
I got a good friend I went and visited today and he's 92 years old and he can't get the words out right. He, he can't move himself like he used to. And, and mm -hmm. man, I mean, he, he lonely and you, and you see it and you're like, man, the evil days will really uh, catch up to us. So, so, you know, you know, as I, as I go through that, I end up getting married out there in the world. I got a wife I, who I love to death. I had children. I married a wife. I mean, she already had children. And, um, you know, and, 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 you know, all those struggles of being married to somebody who already have children, all those things kind of reared itself up. And now one day, you know, I was talking to Nate and all full circle back to Nate again. And he says, Darius, you know, isn't it funny? This is a weird conversation. He said, isn't it funny? That the only religion in the world would say you you have to believe on Jesus, but just believe something, right? Because that's what it takes for almost every everything that you do is faith. Like for mm. example, if you want to believe there is no God, then you have to believe that. That's a faith. That's a that's something that you put your faith in. When you put your faith that there's a big bang, you ain't never seen no big bang. Mm. You ain't never seen no dinosaurs. Mm, come on, I, I, I'm an electrical, electrical engineer. And so I'm sitting down with these professors and, and I'm starting, I'm starting to wake up now. I'm, I'm starting to, you know, something is happening, you know? So you I know, remember you know, this you time said, too. Right. You said, Darius, when you were a Christian before you start being with you, well, I, I can't give him what I was before. I just know one day I really woke up and I'm listening to them teachers. And I'm like, man, they don't know what they're talking about, man. Like, like, like the Bible say that God will use the, 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 the foolish things of this world to confound the wise. And I'm sitting there listening to a teacher trying to describe the duality of light, you know, being a wave and a particle. I'm like, this man knows nothing. It, it's just, that, that can't happen, right? And you sitting here listening to him discuss this. And all of a sudden, man, I'm sitting in my living room one day and I said to myself, you know what? If you're wrong, you're going to hell. I'm back at hell. Mm. Mm. And so... I'm sitting there and I'm thinking, and, and, and one day I just said to myself, you know what? I, I don't have this moment where I pray the prayer after that. I didn't ask God to save me again or, you know, I, it, it just, I went from not believing. I went from believing that Jesus is just this man. I, I read, I mean, when, when, when Roger say that he read the Nietzsche's and I mean, I read the Plato's, the Nietzsche's, the, the everything. I've been on this journey of knowledge for a long time. Uh, and 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 in this one day, man, I just like, man, I'm getting my family in, back in church, and let's try this thing from this from a different perspective. I, I'll tell you, I told you I was going to bring up Adam and Eve again, bring that story up again mm -hmm. about them, because when I was out there in the world, and right as I was transitioning back, you know, trying to live for God, you know, all I was trying to do is get knowledge. So when I was out there in the world, living in the world, I, that didn't stop me from searching, right? I mean, I, I searched right. so much that I got, I got, I went all the way to Alistair Crow, uh, Crowley, the, the demon worshiper, and looking up his laws and what he believed. And, you know, somebody punch you and you punch him back, you know, and, and I was looking up all this stuff. I was trying to find truth, but I could, I wasn't looking in the right spot. But that reminds mm. me, or that, that makes me just think about Adam and Eve in the garden. You know, God is the authority. He told Adam what to do, right? He says to Adam, this is what I want you to do. You can eat it of all the trees. Of, uh, but don't eat off the tree of the knowledge, the, the knowledge of good and evil. It's something you should think about when I say it that way. It's a tree of knowledge of good, good and, and evil. evil. I've been thinking about what, that. What good yeah. and evil? He, they, he knew the tree, the tree was good. She said it was good. So right. she hadn't eaten off anything when she knew it was good. So what good are they talking about, right? And, 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 then, and, then, and then, you know, uh, Eve goes out there and she sees the fruit. And this is what her thing is. Now, God talked to Adam. He told Adam, hey. 
can't eat off it. Adam said, you my authority, I'm listening, ain't changing nothing. I'll do exactly what you say. The devil never tempted Adam prior to that point. Matter of fact, we never see what the devil tempted Adam at all. He was tempted by his wife. He was tempted by the, the beautiful wife he had. He loved you know, and, and so what happens is, is Eve, though, she got an issue with authority, right? She like, you get to talk to God. I don't get to talk to God. This is crazy. I want to know what God knows. And that's where we are in life. Mm. We at this point in life where we want to know what God knows. We want to know everything he knows so that we can make the decisions we want to make. Mm. Right. So so she said, hey, this is this, this a tree that this this food going to make me wise. So what what she did is what we still do. We try to go out there in the world. We go to the Nietzsche's, to all these other places. Mm. We, we go to all these things to get all this knowledge to find out about God, right? And, and the truth is, is we can't find God away because let me show you something. In the garden, Adam and Eve is in there. Before they eat off a tree of knowledge of good and evil, they they sit in the garden. They don't they don't know nothing physical. They 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 not sitting there saying, "Man, you know what? Uh, you look good today, man. Look, look at that. Look at the sweat dropping off of you, Adam." But look at you, Eve, as you walk through the garden. Right, right. You know and you know Eve was fine. You she know was Eve fine, was fine. Right? I'm telling you. I'm telling you. I'm telling you. I know she was, man. But let me tell you something. That because, because of what Adam did, we know he loved her. We know it. But the, the thing is, is they didn't they, they didn't have such a physical construct that they cared so much about. And not until they ate off the tree of knowledge of good and evil. evil. This is mm. the first time they ever noticed that each other was naked. Right. They stand in the garden and they had not seen each other physically yet. They only saw each other spiritually. Mm. That's how they communicated with God. Wow. Wow. So, that's that's a you know, bar right there. I like, to, I, like to kind of, I like to kind of start off by saying all the searching I did, all the knowledge I tried to acquire, even through the Bible. Jesus said this. He said, he said, he said, he said, search the scriptures for in them you think you have eternal life, for they are they which testify of me, right? He said mm. that the words that I speak unto you are spirit, they are life, right? And so, so, so the people, the, the Pharisees had the Bible. They had all the knowledge, this right? They, they, they the knowledge guys. I mean, they weren't like the Sadducees. Right. They had all the knowledge, you know. And you know, there's the three people in the Bible: the ones with the knowledge, the Pharisees, the ones who who figure out that they, they know more than God is the Sadducees, and the ones who only care about the government was the Herodians, right? <laughs> and so, and so, these are the three groups that we still deal with today. And, right. and, and I always wanted the Pharisees. I was trying to find out what the Bible said at some point, then what the world had to say about the Bible. I wanted to accumulate knowledge. I wanted to do the exact same thing that Eve wanted to do. I wanted to get as much knowledge as I can, and I figured that would bring me into a, a, a full knowledge of God. And But the, 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 Adam and Eve had this full knowledge of God when they in the garden only by faith, only by a spiritual way, right? There was no other way. There was no more way to know God. As a matter of fact, when they began to know God in the physical sense, they were afraid of him. Because mm. when he came, now all of a sudden they're telling us, it's cool. We wasn't hearing nothing about it being cool. Right. You know, and then, then all of a sudden we hear the rustling in the leaves. Now all of a sudden you can hear God coming now. I mean, God God literally got foot footsteps that he's making. See, right. they start living in this physical world and they stopped living in the spiritual world. They couldn't because they spiritually died. They died. Mm. And they, like the Bible says, they didn't die. You know, they end up dying years later, but they died that day. That day they lost. They mm. lost each other. They lost wow. Christ. They lost the, the world they was living in. They lost it all. For wow. knowledge. And I think that that's what was my problem. I, I started seeking for God in this way that I feel I could physically get a hold of it. I mean, I'm a, I mean, I mean, I'm not trying to be prideful, but I mean, to be an electrical engineer, it, that, it, that, that, that's not an easy feat, right? Nah, nah, and, you can't and, be and no slouch. A, right, right. So, yeah. so, 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 so mentally, I mean, I, I have to jump through a lot of hoops to, 
to, to be able to to be able to do this. I got to learn some right. of the hardest concepts to think of. You know, I got to be able to visually you know, smarter than me constructs in my mind. No, I'm not smarter than anybody. It just you know, I, you know, we we me and colleagues. We I mean, you say you know this colleague. We thinkers. You know, that's what we right. do. We sit down and we cogitate on verses and things like that. And so I spent so much of my time, you know, as this young. 20 year old all the way up to about 35 almost 40 you know trying to find god through this you know physical way if i read enough verses or if i quote enough verses if i had enough debates if i had enough conversations i was trying to find god in this way but i realized colleagues man and that brings us up to like modern day that i realized that you can't find god that way you only can find mm -hmm. god by faith you only can find him blind. You only can find him when, 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 when you believe that Jesus Christ died, was buried, and rose from the dead. When somebody preaches to you the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ, mm. that's when you can find him. The Bible says, "How can they hear except someone be sent? Mm. Except a preacher come to him and preach him the gospel of Jesus Christ." And then when the person hears the gospel, the Bible teaches this plain thing. It says that Paulo's watered, you know, Cephas planted, and you know, and, 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 you know, and all these people did this work, but only God gives the increase. That's a fact. And that is what I have learned in my life. And that brought me, I, I want to say back, I want to use the word back because we're talking about the crisis of faith, right? Right. But that brought me to a full understanding of who God really is. Oh, you know, you know, in the, in the, in the limited sense that I can say. So good. So, you know, good. I'm, I'm glad you said that. I'm glad you said that. So this is what a, a question for you that I know you would have a, probably a, a more well-formed answer than I could come up with. Do you think that the way the gospel is presented today, not necessarily that it's presented wrong. Like you mentioned, um, um, the prayer you prayed, yo, I'm going to be honest with you. When I believed on the Lord Jesus Christ, it wasn't, it, there was a moment where I doubted whether I was saved because I didn't have that, that moment of, I sat and prayed this prayer that I just came to the conscious realization. Yo, the Lord Jesus Christ died on the cross for my sins. God, I, I accept that. Yeah, that that's what I want. I believe that it wasn't. And there was a day that happened but I didn't make a, you know, like God, I'm like, now I've, I did that after that doubting whether I was saved or not. And ultimately I got to the point where I was like, God, I believe this. There's nothing else I can do. There's nowhere else I can go. So do you think that the way the gospel is presented, like there's a dependence on this prayer per se, do you think that maybe that's part of the issue? I don't know if I asked the question fully or if you got the question. No, I, I got to put that, that. That's actually a good question, man. I mean, that, that, that that's really the question at heart of what's wrong with the American church and what's wrong with, with young people, you know, stop believing and they had these crises of faith, right? It's because they prayed some prayer at noon on a Saturday when somebody preached a message that they can't remember. And then they struggle with this profession that they made uh, in God. And, you know, they struggle with the sin that we're going to continue to live in as Christians, you know. And so the, 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 this problem started somewhere around, and, and I'm not trying to, you know, you know, but if you go back to Billy Graham and D.L. Moody, and, and you go back to that, those people, you know, uh, you, you will find that's when this started, right? You know, come mm. to the front, raise your hand, you know, pray this prayer with me, you know, and, and, mm. and, and, and to be honest with you, you know, which I wouldn't hold to some of the doctrine views of J.I. Packer, but he, 
But he 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 preached against that. He thought it was wrong. Now imagine a, a Calvinist saying it's wrong for the way you tell people to come to the gospel when they say that you can't come. You know, so right. But, yeah, that's but, that's kind of but, but, but kind of funny, Packard, <laughs> ironic. It, 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 it was weird, right? That you, you got J.I. Packer saying that it's not the way you come to the, you know. It, but he was right in this sense that you know you know a, a person they had they have to have a crisis of faith before coming to faith right mm. that's when it should happen that's so a bar. what i really believe happens with most people that's why i put my hands up about when i got saved like you can say what you want when right. a person realizes that, that that there's nothing they can do and that that there is no way they can obtain salvation by no matter books they read no matter what they pray what prayer they pray when they say you know what it's just you christ I ain't got nothing else. I can't hold on right. to what prayer I prayed. I can't. I can't know what the book said. I mean, you know, when, when you get to that point, that's when you truly believe on Jesus Christ. Amen. When you, when you, when you, when there's nothing else to, to lean on. I mean, the Ethiopian eunuch is out there. It's like, man, I can't understand this, man. I need some help. And he's like, he's like, what well, do you have? You bleed up? I mean, do you understand what you read? No, man. If I've been sitting there reading the whole time, could you help me? Right. You reaching out for help, but trying to understand who let Jesus me, is, man. Let me. I'm gonna inter- know you on the right path. I'm gonna interject and I'm gonna say something. I'm gonna mention a dude I met. Uh, when did I meet him? Uh, we, n- we haven't met physically, but online uh, two, three years ago. Voss, Voss here, Cornerstone. He's a a real estate agent in Houston. Good dude. Uh, I say former Christian rapper, but once you're a rapper, you never really stop rapping. You don't retire. People say they retire, but anyway, know, you know, you know. What you yeah, but but anyway, he tells the story about how he got saved. Now, he's a fellow Brooklynite, and it this goes directly in line with what you're saying. Now, I'm I'm I'm, I'm probably going to butcher this. He's another one that I'm going to have to get on an interview, but what he said was this dude is selling crack in Brooklyn on a corner, has questions about God, opens a Bible, reading a Bible selling crack, serving the fiends. God gets a hold of him. He believes the gospel and God changes his life from there. Now that's just the, the, the short and sweet. I don't know all the intimate details, but it wasn't, it wasn't a a necessarily from what I remember him saying, the Orthodox, you know, somebody told him this and he came before he said, he really wanted to know God. This, I remember him saying this, he asked this question, God, if you're real, I want to know who you are. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And that's, that's why I said when I started Rogers experience happens and people mm-hmm. really do get settled that way, but that is not everyone's experience. Mm-hmm. And I, I, I like this. I like this interview and the things you're saying because people get to see that you already had all the reading you, that was ahead of time. You already read all of these things. You consumed all of the knowledge. You got all of the details. But ultimately, for you, it sounds like, and correct me if I'm wrong, you came to the point that the book of Hebrews said, he that cometh to God must believe first that he is and that he is a rewarder to those that diligently seek him. No, that, that's right. The, the Bible says a fool has said in his heart there is no God. I mean, you know, I, I, I mean, th- this is how the Bible attacks it. You know, the Bible say this. It says, it, it says, that 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 it's our duty to go out there and preach the gospel of Jesus Christ. We can't make people get saved. Paul debated the scriptures in every place that he went. And the people that wanted to hear, they stayed. They right. stayed around. The people who didn't want to hear, they tried to stone them. Paul said to the Jews, he was in there preaching to the Jews, and they started making some commotion up there in Philippi. 
and they 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 all arguing with him about what he's saying. And he's like, you know what, man, y'all trying to hurt me. He's like, man, get y'all. I'm gonna go to the Gentiles because they listening. And so, you know, what we get into, and the reason why people have this crisis of faith is because we feel like, you know, we got to get them to say this prayer. They got to believe mm. right now. Paul said this. He said this to what was it? Was it was it um a uh, uh, Herodia or Augusta? What he said to one of them in in in, in, in Festus or one of them. He, they said he said he said Paul. He said. I think he says, uh, he said, thou almost persuaded to me, persuaded me to be a Christian. Uh, the time we got eight minutes left, probably until the right, right. Sorry. But, uh, but he said, he said, thou. We, sh we should be good. If if we get cut off, then I'll, I'll just pause it and we'll come back. But anyway, go ahead and finish. So, so, so Paul is sitting there and he said, I mean, the, 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 the ruler uh, replies to Paul, say, almost thou persuaded to me, me to be a Christian. And Paul said, I wish he was almost and altogether persuaded. You know, that the point is, is that we hope and wish that people will come to the saving knowledge of Jesus Christ, but not all people will. We should not stoop to the level of trying to make them get a profession of faith mm. or convince them other than, than what God has already done. We're not, we, we, we not the convincers. We are the, we are the, 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 the guys that's bringing the message. We bring the message. Yeah, now, the messenger. there's a way to deliver that message, right? right? But, 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 you know, we want to deliver it in such a way that we can convince people. But at the end of the day, the spirit of God is what really is working on the heart. Because this is spiritual. Let's stop walking in this physical world Ooh. and stop th seeing things physically, right? That's see, we want to see people make action right now in our life, in our face. But if we could stop doing that, this, this is what he said in Revelations. He said this. He said, those who have ears to hear, let, let them hear mm -hmm. what the Spirit says. All right? So you can't hear what the Spirit says with your ear because the Bible says the flesh and the Spirit, they war against each other. The flesh can't hear nothing the spirit is saying. The spirit, that's why you got the soul. The, the spirit of God is speaking to the spirit of us. And the spirit of us is speaking to the soul of us. And the soul of us is commanding the physical of us. That's why it's telling us be renewed in your mind. Mm, that's man, what you it's just, telling you us. just got into metaphysics. We can't do this thing. <laughs> no, no, no. no. What, what, what I guess what I'm trying to say is, is, is that the reason why people have this crisis of faith or you know, these is is a lot of times because of these confessions or professions of faith that they do at these I little think, retreats or, the, or at the front of the churches. I think that that's a big. A I big think it problem. is a big proponent. You know, in a lot of a lot of times, colleague, these children go up in churches and make professions of faith four and five times before that's, they get to a real belief in Christ. How many times yeah. have we seen people go up? during an altar call during a revival or what have you and make professions and that you know what what in, in my opinion and this is just me personally everyone's and this is another thing the gospel doesn't change everybody must believe that same gospel but everybody's experience getting to that point is not going to be the same and my my boy in, in uh, san antonio my guy lupe he said this one time and man, it was so groundbreaking because it was so simple. He was like, I preached the gospel, not my experience. And I was like, oh, man, oh, that's a bar right there. That is a bar because I think that's what happens. Like, like I came to a conscious realization. Right. And I'm not saying I, 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 uh, I um, figured my way into salvation, but I realized, yo, this is the truth. There is nothing else. I believe this. I accept this. Somebody else may say, hey, 
I was praying one day and I realized I was lost and I asked God, believe the gospel and ask God to save me. That can happen. Not saying that can happen, but when we make the focus, that prayer, you take focus away from the gospel. Then what is this person really trusting in the fact that I'm resting in Christ? If somebody says, Hey, well, how do you know you saved? All I'm resting on is the Lord Jesus Christ. If that's not the answer, I got nothing else for you. That's it. That's it. If, that's if Christ's it. not risen, then all of this is in vain. That's right. Because, because see, because it takes faith and that's a spiritual thing, right? Faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things what? Not, not seen. seen. Again, we're right. talking spiritual, right? Because everything physical is the world, you know, and we're not to love the world, right? And right. so I, I, just, I just think that a lot of times in, in our situations, that we try to go to some kind of man-made concoction to get people in. Like a lot of churches today, and they don't even care about the gospel sometimes anymore. To get people in, they they they, they change the music, they change the preaching style, they have a early service, a later service. Not that anything in that is bad. Right, but they're but trying they, to they're they're trying to sup, uh, supplement the gospel. It, right, they're trying to get people in, and the church should be a place for Christians. The world should be a place we're trying to win. The mm, church should be a place where Christians what? That's grow. a bar. That's a bar. Right. <laughs> it's where, where Christians are supposed to grow and, and, and become more spiritual, right? Amen. You know, this, this is Galatians. Galatians is trying to get you to not walk in the flesh, but walk in the spirit. Right. I mean, when you walk into anything, I'm going to tell you something. When you walk in anything, I mean, well, Ephesians is definitely about walking in the spirit and being filled with the spirit. But when you walk in anything, if you walk in the building, you inside the building. The building encompasses you. You walk inside a store, the store is in, over around you and everywhere. Right. When you walk, if you got inside of a balloon or a jump house, you inside it and you, it, you, 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 uh, um, it, it encompasses everything about when the Bible tells you to walk in the spirit, that means that the spirit is the outside. It, it leads you where you're supposed to go. Mm. The spiritual life is what the Christian should be living, not a physical one. But mm. we don't got into the place where we live in, we live by the flesh and not by the spirit. Mm, that's you know, I often ask this question and, and I, I don't know the answer to it, but I, I, I still ask this question. It's like, when is the last time you had a real, a real, uh, uh, um, um, you know, a real uh, encounter with the spirit of God, right? When, I'm not talking about speaking in tongues or prophesying or right, all the other right. stuff people try to get into. But when is, when could you hear the spirit of God so loud, but not with your physical ears, but Ooh. with your with your spiritual ears when right. and, and people not having these encounters because why are we walking in the flesh and we're, because we walk in the flesh people ain't getting saved because again we're trying to get them we're trying to lead them to christ through these physical methods that that just won't work the only method is going to work there's only one method there's nothing that's going to break down any walls besides hey jesus christ died for sin and we sinners and and and, and because we sinners we need somebody to save us from that. I mean, and, and, and the only person that can save us from that is somebody who is not guilty of the crime that mm. we're guilty of. And Jesus is the only one that hasn't been guilty. And not only Facts. was he not guilty, he paid the price for our sins. But then after paying the price for our sins, he did something amazing. He got up from the grave. He got mm. up from the grave and promised that we all believed on him would not only get their sins washed away, but they also won't get up. You know how you don't want to die? You know how you want to live forever? How you so scared to die? How you think about it every time you lay your head on the pillow or the this last is the time answer. you saw your friend die? And, and, and when, you, when, you, when you realize that you're going to die one day, then you can realize why you need Jesus Christ. Because he's the only one to ever get up. 
and he got up and he he put the blood on the on on the on the uh, the, the, the altar inside of heaven, and it paid. And and all those who 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 believe on Jesus Christ, they receive mercy from God the Father. Mm. Everyone. Man. I don't want to keep going because it's gonna cut here, but man, that's that that's a bar right there. Let me let me uh let me pause it. And we are back from our little pause there. So what I was going to ask you uh, before we paused is, so we got into the, the, the profession of faith, the whole, you know, focusing on the prayer and that being a big issue. Would you say to some degree that removing that element of faith made it or mm, birthed that, that crisis of faith? Right. So what I mean is the, the, the element of actually trusting, believing, having faith in some ways is removed because you're focusing on this tangible thing, this day, this prayer, this, this thing that you can see. And if you can't see that, and if you can't visualize that, that's a problem. Do you think that that's also an added element to what fostered this crisis of faith? So, so you know, I mean, it's almost like the same question, you know, that 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 um. I mean, let me let me let me rephrase, let me rephrase that. You know, first I like to say that not everybody, you know, every you know everybody experiences different, like you said, right? Right. So some people say this prayer, and they they end up living for God for to the rest of their life. Right. You know what I'm saying? But I would say for a large, I mean, for a large. A, a group of the population, especially young people, you know, they, they, you know, the gospel is never adequately, you know, commissioned or given to them. Mm. You know, it's just if you pray this prayer. So, you know, what, what are they having faith in? I mean, remember Jesus to most people is like Santa Claus, right? Mm. I mean, when you, when you're a kid, they tell you about Santa Claus lives on the North Pole. He's going to bring you presents. If you do good, he's going to bless you. If you don't do good, you ain't going to be blessed. And then you wait for him. And then one day, Somebody in third grade say there ain't no Santa Claus and you about fall out, Shatter. you know, and you can't believe your parents just lied to you. Right. Well, this is what happens. The kids are hearing what their parents saying, and 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 not that that some of them don't actually really end up believing, but a lot of them are hearing what their parents saying, and they 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 they, they believe in everything they saying, but then something happens that is not a line. They hear somebody now it's college time. It's eighteen years old, mm. twenty one years old. Now all of a sudden. The school starts saying something totally different about God and philosophy and all those things. They start bringing all these things out. This is when the crisis of faith generally happens, right? Right. You know, because the crisis of faith can happen different ways, right? I mean, sin, I mean, this philosophical way of looking at it. But right. but, but generally for these young people and for me, you know, it, 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 I had like this dual thing going on. I had sin I wanted to do, but yet I had this philosophical way of trying to understand God. And, and it's almost like somebody told me Santa Claus wasn't real. It's like some, when somebody told me that Jesus Christ wasn't real, it's like, whoa, hold up. But now that's the spirit of Antichrist. See, when you start understanding your Bible and you start understanding that what the Bible teaches, that when somebody says that Jesus ain't the Christ, that's the Antichrist. That's actually directly against God. And so it's what first John times, warned about. Huh? It's what first John first warned John. about. Yep. So what happens is, is a lot of times when you find a crisis of faith, you find that there was very little instruction given to oh, help that person man you hit the next point know jesus christ you hit the next point so, i was gonna get to <laughs> and now and now but, but that, that that's what it comes down to is because in the churches because i i really want to hit on that in the church 
Christians, if all you hear every day and every week is that you got to repent of your sins and believe on Jesus Christ, right? That's all you hear every day in the church. Then you ain't gonna ever grow. You ain't gonna ever. I mean, very rare are people really gonna even come to know Jesus Christ because they don't fully understand anything else. And so, mm. what we should be seeing from our pastors and our teachers is teaching the Word of God, clarifying error, clarifying when things are wrong. But they want people just want to get up on Sunday morning, preach a message. They pick a verse out of nowhere and then they preach a message. But they should be doing is taking the time to go through verse by verse of scripture, not just, I mean, I'm not saying go through Genesis all the way. I mean, you do that. And that's, I think one of the best things I've ever seen happen on the internet is somebody going verse by verse like that. But, 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 but very few teachers do what you do, go through verse by verse to look at what the context of something is. Mm -hmm. And so when the child comes out at the end of the, at the end, or the person is young Christian, whether they 50, 30, 20, 10, when they come out of those churches and enter into the world, they so solid that nothing to shake their faith because they've been living a spiritual life. You can't shake the faith of a spiritual man. You, you, you just can't. I mean, and, 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 and so all I'm saying is, is, is think about it. When I left, I was in the flesh. I wanted to do some things in the flesh. I had this, you know, I had to start doubting who God was and what they said about Jesus Christ. And once all those things start to happen, once all that doubt and everything starts to happen, you know, there's no more spirit. There's no more love and joy, and no more peace. <laughs> you know. Yeah. So this and you start to be this. So here's something I I brought out when I was talking to Roger, and I wanted to ask you about it specifically. Uh, and because I was gonna say something to Roger, and I was like, Nah, I'm gonna save this to when I talk with Darius. Would you say that the 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 questions you had about God and and some things that maybe were unsettled? Would you say you were more unsettled when you were in church, in your Bible reading, or would you say there were more things that were unsettling after you went through, let's call it your atheism phase? Would you say there were more unsettling things at that time? Ooh, that's a hard question, Khalif. I mean, I, I'm, I'm, that's actually a really, really good question. I mean, let me see if I can answer it this way. Um, when I was in church prior to, I, I doubted a lot. Like I doubted whether I was a Christian quite a bit and again it comes from teaching and, and and i think you know you know not being taught you know the full counsel of god and so that was tough man it's just tough to every week be praying some prayer and asking god if i ain't saved save me and you know you you know you, you i mean you're almost living in fear and if i say where there's fear there's no liberty there's no joy no peace no perfect love um, cast without fear perfect love cast out fear right but then as I went through my atheist stage, man, it was, man, it was bad, man. Because you got to think, man, like, like if, if, if all of life moments are summed up for, for, for sex, I mean, really, is it? That's, is, is, that, 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 is, that the, is that the greatest moment that I'm going to have in my life is sex? Is, you know, something that lasts for, for, for these moments of life and that, you know, and, and that's what's supposed to bring me true happiness? Well, what happens when I get old? What happens when I can't do those things? Mm. So then you start thinking about marriage and you start thinking about things like that. You're like, okay, well, what about kids? And and and, and, and where I'm gonna get joy for from at, at, at this stage of my life. So, you know, it, it had a lot of torment because then death became more more like, well, you know, death can happen at any point. And if it happens at any point, then what's the point of my life? Like, what is the point? Mm. And so to me, it was such desperation. Like, I need to know what the truth is. You know, so wow. as I lived the life of sin, I still came back to man. I need to find out what's true. It's almost like 
like what what what, what um what, what what Roger was saying. You know, it's like at some point, you know, he had to go back. You know, yeah, he was mad at God or <laughs> mad about something in particular. But at some point, you, I mean, it ain't no it, something is missing, right? And you know it, and and and, and so. And you know it. So, so to answer your question, man, I don't know. I regret the things I did when I was when I was uh, out there uh, living in sin, man. Uh, you know, prior to my first profession, I mean, after my first profession, right. and those things still torment me to this day. And so, so in, in a sense, man, it, it's torment all around, man. That's why we shouldn't be be putting our hope in anything in this world. You know, we should put our hope and faith in in that Jesus Christ is coming back. You know, Amen. and that's why we should begin to die to this flesh daily, every day. Don't let the flesh win nothing, anything. I mean, when it comes down to anything, the flesh want to win in food, it want to win in the eyes, it want to win in the tongue, Man. the nose, the breathing. It wants to win. And if we start walking spiritual, now how do we walk spiritual? Again, I'm telling you, if you read, and, and, and now nobody agrees with this. Now, now this is the first time y'all done heard me say this. Nobody agrees with this, right? But if you exclusive. look at First Peter, exclusive, exclusive, coming from Darius' brain, and nobody agrees. But but when you look at First Peter, it says that if you want to know something about God, if you want to be full of the knowledge of God, then, then you got to add to your faith virtue. And your virtual knowledge, and to your knowledge, tempers and tempers, patience, and it goes on to tell you all these. Things. I actually did a <laughs> video about that. And, 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 and it goes on to tell you to add to you. The last thing to add is charity. But think about this like a balloon, right? Because if you add to your faith, if you add to your faith a uh, 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 virtue, that means that some of the balloon, that some of the stuff that's in virtue, has to end up in faith, right? And then whatever you add in knowledge, so knowledge also translate to virtue it also translate to faith so as you increase all these things your faith is get bigger and bigger and bigger Amen. and as our faith increases this is what it says that we're not blind and we can Amen. see but if you lack those things you can't see but what is it how are we seeing and that's what it says it say if you lack this this second peter chapter one if you lack these things faith virtue i mean you know faith virtue knowledge patience uh brotherly kindness charity if you lack these things you cannot see afar off well i can see just fine see it's talking about spiritual mm. see? but it say if you if you get these things then you can start seeing you can see what you need to see and then the doubt goes away because ain't no way in the world you're gonna tell me ain't no door in front of me when i can see that door Ain't no mm. way you're going to tell me that Christ ain't real when I done experienced Christ. See, when you see this thing from a spiritual sense, you can see. You can see spiritually. We got to stop physically looking at the world. We got to start seeing the world in a spiritual sense. And this is why the crisis is happening, colleague, is because right. we're giving people too much flesh and too much world to see. So I don't know if I answered that No, you did. You it, you did. You you answered it very good. And this and this is me and Roger touched on this slightly, and I believe me and you talked about this before in depth. And and this is this is what I've said. And this is why I said everyone's experience is different. Here's the great thing about God is that God created us. He's very familiar with our personalities. Like it, our personalities don't surprise God, right? So how God gets to and deals with us is on an individual level, which in and of itself is mind blowing. Let me just stop and say that right there. The fact that God can deal with every single person while holding the universe together and the laws of nature and time and crap. I can't even fathom that. Right. But I, I remember talking to a guy and he was like, um, we were talking about 
about doubt and, and, and crises of faith. And I said, I've had doubts about things in life, right? Like, you know, I, I something happens and I'm like, man, I don't know how this is going to pan out. I've had those doubts, but as far as doubting God experience, really, I'm going to keep it real with you. Experience faith and experience have really removed all that doubt because I have had it. Me and you have talked on many occasions on the succession of prayers that God has answered in my life and specific things, things that are so specific that the probability of one of these things happening is highly unlikely. The probability of two of these things happening exactly how I prayed. Unbelievable. Three of these things out of this world. And I can rattle off probably 10 just off memory that it was like, I prayed this exact thing and this happened. So to your point, I agree. I think that that experiential element is missed and, and I, I am not both. This is not a boast because there is God knows I have sin under my belt, even as a believer. But I will say in the moments and the moments and the times where I'm walking with God and God answers prayer, ain't nobody on this planet shaking the knowledge I have that not nah, as real. Yes, <laughs> what happened there is real yes. and you can't shake that. That's a real thing. And so we, and we talked, we talked about this actually, what was it last Saturday, me and you had a conversation. And so I want your opinion and your, your take on this. I think also something that happens. And again, I saved this for you because I thought you would probably have some good insight on this. People are under the impression that you get saved and everything is good now. Oh man! And so therefore what happens is all of those Bible verses about endurance get straight missed. Like, did we miss where the Bible talked about endurance and enduring? And do you think that because the gospel is preached as a self-help tool, as a, you will never have another problem tool. Do you think that also adds to the crisis of faith moments? So again, you know, you know, I want to take it past the presentation of the gospel at this point. Okay, go ahead. And back and back, and back to what we talked about, uh, 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 you know, leading up to this question was a lot of times the problem begins to happen with young people and older people and people like me is because they're not sitting under good, solid teaching. Just because a person reads a Bible verse and maybe even explains that Bible verse to some degree doesn't mean you hearing what the Bible is teaching. Mm. Jesus said this. He said he he told the disciples not that he done gave the parable. Of, he done gave this parable of the uh, uh, of the seed and the sower. Mm. And they mm. like Jesus. We don't know what that means. Like, well, you should know what it means. Y'all been walking with me. Well, let me let me tell you what it means. And but he basically tells them. He say they have an eyes they can't see and they have an ears they can't hear. But mm. you have been mm. given the keys to this kingdom. That so 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 those who have believed. They're gonna to start to see and hear, but they need somebody to teach them. And it's just like with anybody, if you don't, if you don't feed somebody, if, if you stop feeding your kids, your kids will end up eating slop. We see that with the with, 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 in Luke chapter 15 with the with the with the with the with the young man who goes and start wanting to eat from the pigs, right? Mm, the I prodigal mean, so son. Eat, prodigal son. And so what I'm saying is, is this is what's happening. The Bible said the word of God is our food. The word of God is what nourishes us and 
it's the milk, the desire, the sincere milk that you may grow thereby, right? Mm. You know what I'm saying? And, and in Hebrews it tells us that 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 that, that this you know that they they have they have neither meat instead of eat, eating all this milk, drinking all this milk. And a lot of times we just hear death, burial, resurrection, and that's what we hear. Don't be in sin. Don't live in sin. And yeah, that is a huge part of the scriptures about not living in sin. But why? Explaining to people why. I mean, the whole book of first, the whole book of Titus is he's saying, hey. Titus, go out there, find men who got good families, who want to raise their families right so other people see it and, and live for God. Mm. This is why God wants to live holy. Mm. Paul says in 2 Corinthians, he tells him in 2 Corinthians, he says this, he says, hey, you know, he say, he say well, you know, you got these super apostles, they got all these gifts and magic and they can do all this stuff. And they say how Christ is in them because they can speak so much better than me, but I don't need to speak because y'all are my epistles. When people read you, they know what gifts I got. Mm. And so the, the, the point is, is the reason, the reason why I say I take it back to teaching is, is, is you know, you know, after hearing the truth, if that person has really believed on Jesus Christ, they're gonna come to doubting moments when they're not being fed the word of God enough because they're hungry, they're mm. missing something. Discipleship. And so those crises, so so discipleship is the second way a person comes to a crisis of faith. Right, the first time they come, to, they can come to it is when they haven't been presented the gospel correctly. They don't know what they really believe in. Some of them really hear it, but but it's just it's just these elements about it that that doesn't teach them. Okay, you know what? Christ died for sin. This means we have to live holy lives. And then when we get to the discipleship, we don't tell people how to live holy lives. What Ooh. we do is we get them these we get them we get them these, these 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 thoughts like you know you know read all these verses on love, read all these verses on on sin, and and, right. and we think if we tell them don't fornicate that that's it. Well, you know, hold up, man. You know, fornication might not be my problem today. You right. know what I'm saying? Maybe it starts not with fornication, but forgiveness. Maybe it just start with a with a little, a little, 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 just a little small, teeny bit of of, Yay, of, of, of looking God at somebody said. as they walk away. Right, right. Or or did the verse say this? And, and and we just don't spend enough time. We 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 have a lot of teachers, but nobody really saying anything scripturally. They're not really telling you from the Bible. I'm telling and when you look at the Bible, I'm telling you, I'm, I'm, I'm just throw this out here. Let's just look at the Bible, right? Have you seen that through the Bible, there's a garden thing running straight through the Bible from the beginning to the end? Mm. Have you seen through the Bible that there's this issue with what happened in the garden happening with every single man that God puts in front of us? Do you see the salvation story in the book of Exodus? The, I mean, the book of Exodus trails out Jesus' walk in the wilderness with 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 with, uh, with uh, the, the the children of Israel. When you get to the book of Ephesians and you read about this warfare, do you know that that warfare is also taught in the book of uh, 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 um, uh, Joshua? Uh, 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 Joshua, it, this warfare about going to the land and taking over the land. These, these giants, these spiritual wicked evil things in high places that you were supposed to go in and take over. People ain't being taught these things, right? They've been taught these mm -hmm. basic things. They hear Luke 16. They hear Psalm 23. They hear these same stories right. over and over. But they can't tell you that Jeremiah said this. This is what Jeremiah said. Jeremiah said, listen, the, the word of God and the spirit of God, and I haven't been here for years, and ain't nobody take notice. I mean, mm. some people can't even tell you that that's what's happening in our day. People ain't even noticing the word of God. No, nobody's teaching it no more. At least very few people and the people that they think are teaching it aren't really not. So, the, so, so me, I think the crisis of faith is another step toward teachers. Mm, so I want to go back to something you said, because this calls back to a conversation we had and, and maybe you can expound on this. So 
in first John, I believe it's the, the last verse in first John one. And then it, it says, if we say that we have no sin, we deceive ourselves. And then I think it says in the next verse, if we sin, we have an advocate with the father, Jesus Christ, the righteous, right? So this, this is something I said to you and it touches back to what you said. Nobody's I got saved and I had a lot of false perceptions of what it meant to walk this walk out with God. Right. So the moment I had a problem with sin, I'm like, oh, man, that's it. It's over. I don't want to. But if you read those verses, it's like, nah, if you say you don't sin, you lying. But when you sin, go repent. Don't live in that. And so eventually what I realized is, and I said this to you over the phone, I was like, I don't care if I have to repent every five minutes, I am not giving up. I will walk this walk to the very end. And I think that's part of the reason why people have those moments. Cause it's like, ah, sin, that's it is over. It, 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 it's something I agree. I agree with you to you uh, agree with you, what you're saying. There and I, I I'll add add to that. That's why I'm saying that if we had teachers teaching us through the Bible, we'll see not just David sins with Bathsheba, but we'll see Solomon sin with all of his wives. Man. We'll see all the kings who fail, all the ones that fail. Look at Manasseh. Manasseh was the wickedest king to ever live on the face of the planet, and yet he repented. And God and his son. Now Manasseh did all his wicked, evil stuff. And you know his son came out to be what the greatest. Manasseh is the wickedest king, and he he gives birth to the greatest king. The Bible calls him the greatest king to live up to that point. That means it put him over David, over Solomon, and all the great kings. Jo, uh, jo, Josiah, I think it was Josiah. Uh, 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 is is Manasseh's son? And, and 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 God said, you know what? But for, for Manasseh, I'm going to hold off, but the, 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 the judgment coming. And when Josiah come, he kills Josiah, or Josiah dies in battle with, with, with the Egyptians, and then he got two wicked evil sons, right? So what we said, what I'm saying is, is those stories help us see that if we continue to live in sin, that there are problems going to arise. That those stories also show us that if we just repent, God is willing to take us back. That's what Jeremiah is saying. The first, the Jeremiah starts off by saying, hey, repent, come back. I'm ready to take you back. I mean, but you know, if you come back and then Jeremiah, then at some point Jeremiah starts saying, No, you're going the bad can come. Right. Look at the look Repent, at the, but the bad is coming now. Look look at the Ninevites. Jonah goes yeah. to Nineveh, he tells them what's gonna happen. They repent, turns the whole situation around. And and I, you know what, honestly, to you saying this, I would have never really thought about it in that succession, but we do see that throughout the Bible. We see imperfect men sin. Right. And the ones who continue in sin face God's judgment. The right. ones who turn and say, yeah, I sin. God, I did sin. I repent, sackcloth and ashes, right. have, have mercy. And God has mercy and they move on. It doesn't mean. Because our God is not this God who's sitting in heaven trying to kill us. Right. Think, about the, think about the Garden of Eden. Because I like to take it back to the Garden of Eden every time. So Adam and Eve in the garden, right? They done messed up. Now we see this is the big mess up, Colleen. And, and yeah. forgive me, I, you know I, I, I over talk this. No, no, no. Nah. Get you, you, so, you, good man. You so, good? This, so this, this is your this show. Is the biggest mess up in human history. There is no mess up bigger than this. Nobody has done this mess up like Adam and Eve and done in this garden, right? And now they hiding, right? And 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 and, and all of a sudden they hear God coming and God say, Adam, 
what doesn't happen? And I was like, hold up now, God, now. See, now I know what's right and what's wrong for me. And it'd be wrong if you kill me. Kill her, because she did it. Right. And then what did she do? She say, the hold serpent. up, God. <laughs> now, you know what? I know you want to kill me, and you said we're going to die. I don't want to die. Kill that snake over there. And, 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 and look, nobody dies in this. No, nobody physically is, is killed in this story. Right. But what we find is, is man not really not willing to repent. And what does God do in them not willing to repent? Mm. God says, okay, listen, I'm going to close you because them leaves ain't going to help you. I got to put you on some clothes. Now, I can't let you live in the garden. And the reason why I can't let you live in the garden because there's a tree over there. And you go, you dying. You just don't see it yet. You decaying and you don't know it. And if you go over there and eat that tree now, you're going to live forever like the angels. And you're going to be decaying while, while being in that situation. So I got to take you out of my infinite mercy and my infinite grace and put you out here in the garden. And yeah, you're going to have to work, man. I'm sorry. And yeah, you woman, you, you, want, to, you want to rule over your husband? Well, guess what? You ain't going to never rule over him now. And what I'm saying is God in his infinite mercy says, hold up, I'm going to put you on some clothes. I'm going to get you away from the danger that you could cause to yourself at this point because now you can't be trusted here. God is a merciful, loving God waiting, mm. hoping that we repent. He, tell, he, tell, he tells, he tells um, Cain this. He say, listen, Cain, man, if you do what's right, man, then sh shouldn't you be rewarded? Mm. But if you don't want to do what's right, man, sin lies at the door, man, mm. and, and, and it's ready to pounce on you when you're ready to do it. So this is the story of the Bible. Repent and God will forgive. Continue to live in your sin, he won't. But see, we need to be teaching that from the scriptures, from, from, from points A, B, and C, and not jumping around. from when, when, when Paul wrote Ephesians, he didn't write Ephesians 1, and then write Ephesians, I mean Romans 2, so you can read them together. No, he wrote Ephesians. Read the whole book, one sitting, sit down, read it, and see what Paul is saying. Because he's telling you a story. Mm. That story helps you see that you're a sinner, and you're going to keep messing up. And it helps you see that not only are you a sinner that's going to keep messing up, this is the way to fix it. But people don't do that. They, they jump around. I'm just going to look up the verses on love. They, they use the Bible like a dictionary. I know we don't agree on this fact, but people use the Bible like a dictionary. I'm going to look up all the verses on love today so I can understand what love is. They think because they do a devotional, they're doing studying. They think because mm. they go to summer camp with the youth, they, 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 they learn something about God. They think because, because they, they, they get braces on it, what Jesus would do, or they made some commitment of purity. They think that those things are the, what, what that's, uh, Christianity is about. No, Christianity is about this here. I am a sinner in need of a Savior. And he has, he has, he has redeemed my soul and my spirit, but he left me in this flesh. And that's the part, that's the problem. And I got to crucify it daily. Daily, I have to tell it no. Daily, I have to tell it it can't. Daily, and when I don't tell it no, it, it, it I become a slave to it. Read Romans. Romans saying that we become a slave to to our bodies. What does that mean? That means that it tells us what to do, and we do it. It sits on as the the ruler and authority in our life. When mm. when our stomach start growling, who doing that? That's our flesh saying, "Hey, you need to eat." And what do we do? We obey it. But what about when the spirit says, "Don't look there"? Do we obey that? See, that's mm. the spirit talking. See, mm. we, we can hear the spirit if we listen. And so all I'm saying, Khalif, and I still ain't answering your question. I'm going, I'm going about my own way, I guess. No, no, no. Do your do your thing. There's some good stuff. I'm saying in answering gems. your question, the the the, the 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 main problem is teachers are not teaching people about the real people in the Bible. The real people that are struggling, the real people that are going through the thing. Yo, that's the real. Bible teaches that we're supposed to suffer. 
The Bible, suffering ain't just somebody mad at you because you're a Christian. If they come to work and they cuss you out because you ugly and you suffered in that way, then you suffering as a Christian. That's just it. And you're going to suffer and people going to be mean. They're going to do bad things to you. And those things are to break your flesh down. All those things are to break your flesh down. And when, it, when your flesh is broken down to its basic component, it's going to act like an animal. It's going to act like the sinner that we truly are. If we don't realize that we have to practice patience and love and joy and realize what the works of the flesh are versus what the works of the spirit are, this is still a spiritual thing, Kali. That's still a, a, I'm, look, I'm talking too much. No, you're I, not. I, I ain't hitting no. No, you're not. You good? Would you? So, okay, so would you say? Would you say this? Because as I said, your experience and Roger's experience are different, which is good. It's good for people to see that how you how you came to a resolution. And how Roger came to a resolution are vastly different, right? So it's not to say that the way he went about it was wrong or the way you went about it was wrong. God dealt with you how he dealt with you and dealt with Roger and got Roger asked questions in a certain way and God obliged. So here's the biggest thing. This is the biggest thing I would say. The Bible says, if any man lacks wisdom, let him ask of God, which give it to all men liberally. And I think in both you and Roger's situation, here's the common denominator. You wasn't, you weren't asking because now at first you were asking questions because you just wanted to do what you wanted to do. When you came to the end of yourself, you were like, no, I just God, I just want an answer. Like I want to know Roger was the same way. He came to the end. He had all these questions. And then finally he got to the point where he was like, God, I just want to know. I want truth. So it wasn't out of, out of, out of selfishness, right? Where I think it's the book of James where it says, ye have not because ye ask not. And ye have not because ye ask amiss that you may consume it upon your lust, right? And, and how I've always understood that is you're not asking because you really want the answer. You asking because you just want to do whatever it is you want to do. And I think, I think that might also be a component to, I guess some, some people's crisis of faith, right? Obviously not everyone, everyone has, you know, no different things, but I, I, I said all that, I said all that kind of coming around full circle to say, I think a big component is, are people really knocking? Are they really seeking? So, 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 so the, the, again, I mean, I know I'm beating, I'm beating this with a dead horse. People yeah. are seeking, but they're knocking on physical doors, mm. and they not, they not knocking spiritually. Mm. Like, like I say, I'm not trying to knock what anybody's experience is. I'm just telling you what the Bible experience is. It ain't right. it, this. This ain't got nothing to do with Darius at this point. Right. It, it just got something to do with you know, you know what? What is the Bible trying to get us to? It's trying to get us to a place of faith to believe without seeing. You know, mm. if you need to see it in order to believe it, then you can't believe it. That, 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 that's the point. The Bible says, blessed are those who don't see it and believe it. He said, I mean, you got a blessing. You got to see me rise and go up to the, to, but it's going to be a group that's going to have to believe it without seeing it. I mean, they could, how, how did how did Paul prove Christ to a bunch of people in Ephesus? I mean, there's no, that, what, what book he went to? What, what, what did he go to? When he went to Ephesus and, and taught, when, when he went, when, was it, it wasn't Ephesus, when, the Ephesus, Diana, but where he went, was it Mars Hill? I can't remember the he took, Are you talking about Mars Hill? 
when he's talking about Zeus, the unknown God. You pray uh, yeah, to Athens. the unknown it was God. On Mars Hill Athens. in Athens. That's yeah. right. And you pray to the unknown God. Him I declare unto you. I mean, listen, there was it was nothing else you can do but, but preach just what the Bible, I mean, what the scriptures, the Old Testament taught about Jesus Christ, the revealed right. truth that God had given them. You right. got to imagine, he's talking about a Jesus to people who don't know about Jewish life. Right? Mm. So these, these people have no knowledge of the Jewish life. They ain't no codec. There's no little book that they can carry around with right. them. I mean, they have scripts that they can keep the stuff on, but but they ain't no little. I mean, so so Paul got to literally preach the word of God, and the word of God got to hit him. Cornelius is sitting at his house, the spirit, an angel, not the spirit of God. The angel comes and say, hey, somebody coming to talk to you. The, uh, the, the, the spirit of God shows a vision to P Peter, and Peter comes, he preached the gospel. When he finished preaching the gospel, the spirit of God falls on these people that believe. Mm. What I'm saying to you is, is this, this is a Roman soldier, a centurion, Roman soldier. You know, what, what I'm saying is, is, is these Roman soldiers at the cross. They're at the cross, right? And, and what the Roman soldiers said, that, that truly was the son of God. What do you know about the son of God? Right. I mean, right. You, okay, you think that don't mean nothing. No, it is. Jesus it, said, I mean, look, I'm going to I'm I'm take it a bit further here. Jesus sitting down, he's talking to Paul. I mean, talking to Peter and the apostles. He say, he say, whom do men say that I am? Oh, John the Baptist, blah, 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 Eliza, and all of that stuff. He say, but whom do you say that I am? And then Peter says, well, you know, Peter, he, he, he kind of, you know, he out the Christ, the son of God, right? right. And then Jesus, this, this is a, People don't, I mean, this is a moment in history. What's this moment in history, colleague? Jesus turned to him and says, flesh and blood didn't reveal this to you, but my father that's in heaven. The man is telling him that the spirit of God, the father in heaven has now spoke to him and he heard it. It's a he spiritual matter. Talking about. It's a spiritual, it's a spiritual matter. matter. Right. That's what this thing is. No, that's I agree. Thing is. With so, so, so I agree, colleague, that there are, there are many ways that people come from here or there. But I, I still got to say that God, whether what, however you get there, at some point you're gonna have to drop all that and come and to look a I, spiritual. I a spiritual agree. Place. I agree 100. I think even in my conversation with Roger, I'm you that. I no, 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 no. The the excitement, like I said, you this this is a whole different. This this how we talk, y'all. Even when we on the phone, we excited, we animated. But uh, Roger, I think even in his testimony, he said he came to the point where there was a point where it was like, all right. Yeah, I have this, I have this, and I have that. And that's all, earthly speaking, circumstantial evidence, but it leads me to faith that this thing happened, right? So that at some point it comes to a spiritual matter, just like Abraham, when he offered up his son, why did he offer up his son? What the book of Hebrews explains to us, he was confident. He had so much faith in God's promise that he was confident God would raise his son from the dead if he struck him down. Now to that point, who has Abraham seen risen from the dead to that point? That's right. Abraham right. ain't never see this happen. He's got to believe something about. that he ain't never see happen. He ain't never see this happen. And Abraham's like, all right, well, I guess God, you're going to raise him from the dead. Cause I, otherwise I don't know how this is going to happen. You got, you going to do your right. thing. So yeah, I, I think Paul say Galatians, he said, who has bewitched you? See, when a person starts doubting these things, Paul says, somebody cast a spell on you. Mm, that, that, he's saying it. He said, who has bewitched you? That's a bar. That you, I done came and told you the truth and now you believe something different. See, this is another crisis of faith is when you start listening to those people who are Satan worshipers. 
Mm. I mean, I, and no, no. I mean, I'm, I mean, I'm gonna say this, but I, I don't mean that. I, I mean, had I not known about your conversation last week, I would say the same thing. But like Nietzsche, it's a Satan worshiper. Whether he which, whether he mentions Satan or not, either you are a child of God or you are a child of the devil. Ephesians he, chapter he, two, he, verse two, yeah, covers that. Like, yeah, it, 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 that's it. So these people are here to bewitch us. They're here to use these cunning words to trick us. Paul said this. He said, if somebody, if a brother come to you. And they want to talk to you about all these genealogies. You say, you know what? You talk to them the first time. You say, hey, man, we can't be talking about that. Let's move on. They come to you a second time. Hey, listen, enough of that. We ain't going to do that because that gender strife in the church. And when they don't do it the second time, first, second admonition, you reject them. That's what it mm. teaches. Because, see, this will happen. People bring that stuff into the church. They tell you to read these books, read that book, do this, do this, do that. And then that stuff is subverting the scripture. The scripture mm. is fine for everybody. The scripture is good enough for everybody. Amen, bro. The scripture is, is a weapon. Amen. It is a. The Bible says it says it says put on the armor of Christ, right? When they tell you to put the armor on, the gospel, feet sharp, the gospel, the the breastplate of righteousness, the the truth about your loins. But it says this, and the spirit, which is I mean, and, and the sword, sword of the spirit, spirit which, which is, is the word of God, which is the word of God, right? The, the word of God is the weapon that we use. There's no right. other weapon because we're not fighting physical. See, if you're fighting physical, it said right in the verse right above it, it say, our war is not with flesh and blood. Our war is with principalities and power and spiritual wickedness on high places. That's what we're fighting against. We can't fight against them with worldly stuff. We only can fight against the spiritual world against uh, by ways of spiritual means. The word of God is our weaponry. The spirit of God is our, it, it, that is our God. Not the word of God. The spirit of God is our God. The word of God is a lamp to my feet and a light to my path. path. It, it, it shows me the way. Mm. The spirit of God is pushing me on that way. The Bible. The spirit. Of I'm sorry. I'm sorry. No, I, I was just gonna say the the Bible is enough. The Bible the is Bible, enough. The, the Bible is enough, but the spirit of God is also speaking. Mm. The Bible is enough, and the spirit of God is speaking. So Amen. you can get by in this world by just living book, chapter, verse. But there are going to be times when you got to say something to somebody and the Spirit of God is going to push you. It ain't going to be a scripture that push you. The Spirit of God is going to say, speak to that person right there. It ain't going to be something that you're going to be, oh, I heard this. No, you're just going to know I'm right. supposed to speak here. Right. I, yes. I mean, Kali, let me tell you something, man. Your life, if, if, if anybody's life in, in my life that I have seen miracles of God is yours. But man, I tell you, this last thing you, you had in Texas, it's but you know it's real. Oh, the last yeah. time you was in Texas, you called yeah. me like, "There's some, you say, Darius, I want to, I want to leave a job. If uh, start me, I can't. If I, he says, I want to move back to Florida. And so, right before you get ready to go, tell you for the leave, they give you a bonus and say, "We gonna have to leave. It's, go. yeah, it's gonna crazy. Have crazy. You got another job waiting for you to get here because see, the spirit of God is working. Right? <laughs> we just got to be listening. That's and all fact. I'm saying to you is, the spirit of God is doing its thing. And what we trying to do is we trying to do the work forward, and we trying to do it in the flesh. We, we trying to do it in the flesh. That's Man. what happened with, sal with, with, with preaching the gospel for salvation. That's what happened when we try to get people to live for God. We, you know, how many books being written on prayer. The Bible says so many books can be written. That that that. I mean, the, the time will run out, but I, I don't know if we've done because I'm, I'm gonna keep. No, 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 no. Keep keep going, man. Keep 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 it coming. Keep it coming. Yeah, the time is gonna head out though. If we got less than a minute, I don't want. Okay, let me let me let me pause it. We'll come back. All right, and we are back. Hey, hey, I just want to, you know, I forget, I forgot to say this in the beginning. I, I get a little amped up and 
I may sound upset, but that's just the way I talk. I'm not excited. upset about anything. It's excited just, about God, man. We, I'm excited. We, that's we the way it. I communicate. No, no madness in here. I just all love coming from the heart here. So forgive me. Amen. Amen. Hey, nothing wrong. Look, man, there's a lot to get excited about when you, when you have believed the gospel. I was so yes or tonight actually on the on the radio show today is friday so the radio show that i have tonight what i'm covering is the scene in revelation chapter 20 verses 11 through 15 mm-hmm. and when i whenever i read through the book of the revelation i'm there, there, several things happen one i am eternally thankful to god for bringing me to truth etern like words cannot express because if you read through the book of revelation you get to chapter 20 and you see that scene with those who were not found in a book of life being thrown into the lake of fire this is not and i'm 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 going to mention this in my radio show this is not like a a judicial hearing where this person is sentenced to 30 years, but you know, there can be another hearing and they get out in 10 or they get out in five or some other evidence is fine. No, this is final. This is it. There is no coming back from that. So being excited about coming to the knowledge of the truth. Yeah, that's a real thing. And I think realistically, you know, I've always said with my podcast, my goal, my hope is that layman, like me and you will see this and go, yo, hold up. Wait. So normal people sitting in a pew can be just as excited about studying a Bible and understanding these things as a preacher can. Yes. Not only can we, we are supposed to, in my opinion, we have this backwards. Mm -hmm. We have this idea that the preachers do all the heavy lifting. Mm -hmm. That's actually backwards. And the Lord Jesus Christ actually explained this when the sons of thunder requested to sit at his right and his left hand. He was like, Hey, y'all have a misunderstanding. The way the world does leadership is not the way the body of Christ does leadership. It is reverse. The leaders are the, the shepherd servants and the people in the pews are being equipped. You're the laborers, right? right? So, so this, this, this shepherd over God's flock is, is overseeing, you know, not being an overlord, as the Bible says, over God's heritage, but he's overseeing the flock, right? Yeah. Discipling, talking to people. We're getting excited about the Bible. We're t- I, this is what, and I know I'm kind of getting off the, the, oh, the you momentum of what, what we were talking about. Don't go too far this, from there. This is, this is what the last, the church I was in in San Antonio and the church I'm going to now, uh, Jim, if you're watching, Dan, if you're watching too, I want both of y'all to know two of the greatest preachers I've ever heard. Right. And it's not because they speak in eloquent words. Not that they don't is that these are regular dudes that serve the body. Like, and I've never been under that. Like I sit down, I go to church on Sunday and we have like an impromptu Bible study and I sit down with the pastor and a couple other men and we talk about the Bible and we fellowship around the word of God. And yo, I'm like, yo, this is so helpful. When I was in Texas, what I noticed from, from Dan, the preacher there, he was unorthodox. That was, yo, that was the first church I've joined in 15 years. 
right? I visited some churches, but that like I I spoke with him and I was like, yo, this dude is trying to help me walk this walk. And yeah. it, that's not a dig on any other preacher. That's definitely not what that is. But my view on the church was reformed, so to speak, seeing these two things, yeah. because now I'm seeing, oh, oh, these dudes are actually helping me be equipped to go out into the world and deal with the world and reach the world. Mm-hmm. And I think, I think in many ways I wanted to, I wanted to touch on this. I I, I kind of didn't want to do most of the talking. I wanted you to do oh, most yeah. of the talking, but I, but I want, I wanted to get to this. I think one of the most helpful things was when I finally got some real good discipleship, which I will honestly say God did a lot of work in my life leading up to correction, right? Leading up to Texas, that whole story. You know the whole story. I'll have to one day do a three-hour podcast <laughs> explaining that whole situation. But getting back to that point, I would say my guy Lupe, the Bible study group we had there, Dan, the preacher that's there, it was one of the first times where I saw true discipleship. And how that helped me. Now, you know, I'm, I'm an information junkie. I always tell y'all that y'all know I've always been an information and research junkie, but it, it, for some people it works in reverse, right? Like they want to get all of the information and they get discipled. And sometimes that is where that crisis of faith comes because you're consuming information that you're not even really on solid ground yet. You on the milk and you trying to consume this meat out here in the world and you can't even digest that. For for me, it happened kind of backwards because, or the, the right way, I would say, because my faith was sound. Like the Lord Jesus Christ uh, came to this earth, was manifest, uh, died, was buried and resurrected from my sin. That was unshakable. So when I started consuming all of this other information, it wasn't a matter of, oh man, this dude said something. I have Nah, I was already solid by that point. Right. And I think that's a I I went over all of that to say, I think that that's another element is you brought this up. And this is something that man, oh, man. And I think me and Roger hinted on this as well. Kids, when they're in the house. Where they should be, I'm talking about in a Christian home where they should be being discipled by their parents and they're not. And then they get out into the world. You have somebody that's not discipled. That's not sound in their faith. And now they're in the world and the world's going to throw some curveballs, Right. Mm-hmm. And you have to be at the point where you could say, you know what? I believe the Bible. I can't answer your question. That doesn't mean the Bible's not true. I, I'm just going to have to go back and do some reading. Maybe there's something yeah. I don't know. Right. The opposite happens when people have shaky faith and they don't know why they believe what they believe. Right. Then they get that question and it's like, oh man, he's right. What if the Lord Jesus Christ isn't real? And then that's Mm -hmm. when it all begins to unravel. So you could, as you, as you pointed out, trace all of that back to lack of discipleship. That's a big problem. That's a big problem because the discipleships help us teach. It teaches us how to present the gospel, right? You know, the people presenting the gospel are those who are proficient in presenting the gospel, not our beginning new Christians, right? But but we've sent out these new people to the, the, the disciple and stuff like that. But the, the Bible says that young Christians, we can't we can't do let them do a lot of stuff. They get filled up with pride. 
Mm. You know what I'm saying? You, young Christian don't know nothing. They don't know enough. They got to be taught. Mm. You know, now the Bible teaches that the spirit of God teaches the word of God. Roger brought this out. I think it was Roger that brought this out. But the, the, the Bible teaches, it was maybe somebody else say, but the, the spirit of God teaches the word of God. No, it was Don. Don brought this out. When, but um, the, 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 the spirit of God is, is, will teach us the word of God, but God has given the church some gifts. And those gifts that he gave us are the pastors, the teachers, the elders, and the apostles and things like that. God gave us the gifts to the church and those gifts are supposed to be there to help equip us to get us ready this is you just said to get us ready to go out into the fields the fields need laborers and we the laborers and we got to get out there and we got to get out there and start uh, uh, uh you know but but what happens is the people get out there they're not equipped and so when you're not wearing the right armor you're in battle somebody swing the sword the right way the bible say if you don't take your shield of faith the fiery darts of the wicked gonna quench. Mm. I mean, I mean, they, you ain't got nothing to quench the fiery darts of the wicked. The, 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 them, them fiery darts are coming if you ain't got the shield of faith. To, if you don't know how to utilize faith, the shield of faith. I mean, Paul is giving us this, this illustration. He's not literally saying that faith, is, you know, he's not literally, you know, you know, these things ain't literal, but he's trying to show you that, right. that faith warfare. can be as a shield. You know, you know, the sword can be something that that, that can swipe the, 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 the feet you know, I often say this. I told I, me and my wife, we talk, you know, and you get in an argument with your wife. And I say, listen, if we have this thing spiritual, this is the first thing we should do. When we when we matter about something, we should come with each other with the gospel of peace. I mean, that we got to get our feet right. So before we come, we got to make sure we're walking in peace. Mm. Then we got to get our all our intimate parts, the parts that going to hurt our feelings the most. We got to come make sure that we come with truth. So if we come with something false, we won't be offended when somebody say, well, that ain't what you said. Mm. And then we gotta we gotta make sure that that our vital organs are uh you know the stuff that that can kill us you know something that can strike us you know make sure that we guard those things so so that we don't get you know you don't say something so bad and I'm I'm gonna be ready to to do something wrong to you so I'm gonna mm. come with my breastplate of righteousness I'm coming to do something right you know and, 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 and what I'm saying is the Bible it it's trying to give us these illustrations about something spiritual it's trying to give it to us in a way that we can understand it, but how can you explain spiritual things with the physical reality? You mm. can't explain God in this physical reality. You can't explain the spiritual world in this physical reality. And God is trying to get those spiritual things to us by what things that we can understand. Mm. And so this is what the teachers and teachers of, of the church are supposed to do. When young Christians come in, we're supposed to start equipping them, explaining to them the, these little things here and there, so that when these points of crisis happen when you read the Dan Brown book or when, when, when you go off to college or when you got these questions. I mean, I, you know, my, my children ask me questions all the time. I, and I just tell them, I was like, you know, that's a hard one. I, I don't I don't have the answer to that question. That's when you have to let God help you with. And you, you you let them know that this is something you have to pray about, you have to think about. And, mm. and or sometimes I say, well, yeah, this, this is my thoughts on it. This is how I feel. You 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 training them in the way they should go so that when they owe, they don't depart from it. Mm. But we ain't training them in the way they should go. And that's why they keep departing. That's why we keep departing. You you think because you said we set up a faith independent Baptist church, and because it's about they call itself. A, a, a fundamental Bible believe independent Baptist church when when in reality they just fundamental independent uh, uh Baptist church. They, they had some Bible believing points, excuse me. They had some Bible believing points, but really <clears throat> as I go through life, man, there's nowhere in the world you can say you believe the Bible and have people in there that hate other people, that hate groups of people. Oh, and yeah. Talk about Book of first John. 
Book of First John right. goes over that love for the right. brethren. That's one. That's one of the first. One of the first marks. And it, it, you brought up something that is really good. And I just wanted to stop and point this out for you. Continued. What did the Apostle Paul do right after he had his encounter on a road to Emmaus with the Lord Jesus Christ? And he took three years off. Three. Now think about that. This is the Apostle Paul, Hebrew of Hebrews, Pharisee. Uh, learned under uh, what's the what's his name G Gamaliel is that his name Gamaliel something like that Gamaliel Gamaliel. As far as I as far as I know, what what I've read, Pharisees typically memorize at least the first four books, for or first five, five books. Okay, mm -hmm. yo, that's a lot of memorization, bruh. That like if anybody's gonna know the scripture. And if this dude took three years to sit back and go, oh, wait, nah, I'm, I, I need to, to to sip on this milk for a little bit before I get out here swinging this sword and get chopped up, then then I think you're right. I think the element of discipleship is such a key. What did the Lord Jesus Christ say when you when you look at what is it? The, the end of the Gospel of Mark, when he said, go ye and teach all nations. But notice what he said. He said, teach all nations the things that he taught them, right? So obviously you're reaching people with the gospel, but I think when people see that to your point, how long, how long do they, how long do they sit learning Jesus? Oh man. Uh, what was that? The three, three year? Years. Yeah. The three year. Three years. And, and so, and you, man, there's something to this. yeah, there is something to that. There is something to that, to, to, to sitting back and actually being, being discipled because I've seen. I've seen two things happen. I've seen people and, and I don't want to put uh, words in Roger's mouth, but I, I think this would probably be similar to the category he's in. People come out of, come out of church, go into seminary. And then that seminary eats them up, chews them out, spits yeah. them out. And they come out not knowing what's going on, but I've You're seen, to do that. but I've seen people come out of, like a, a, a household and a, an environment where they were discipled properly go into seminary and they're not phased with a lot of things that take most people out. And it's like, well, what's the difference? That person has been discipled. They have, uh, how does the book of Hebrews say they have had their senses exercised to discern both good and evil. They've, That's right. they've moved on to that strong meat. So these things that, that wipe most people out, they're like, oh yeah, that's yeah. Yeah. I don't know the answer to that right, right offhand, but yeah, that, I'm not phased by that. I, I, the Bible says we should exercise our faith. What does that tell us? I mean, faith can grow. I mean, it can get big muscles. I mean, right. what I'm saying is, is if we can just see the spiritual world, like we see this physical one, if we can realize that right in our front of our faces and in our eyes, and in our ears, and in our way is the spirit of God, the spiritual world. And, and that's where the real fight is at. On, on a note to, 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 the, to, the, to, the, to the colleges, to the colleges and preachers, all these people charging money for the gospel's sake. We should be careful of these people. These seminaries want money for you. They want money. The Bible says be careful of those who, it's a, it's a false prophecy, false teachers. That the way you know them, one way, sexual perversion was one. But another big way you're going to know them is you're going to know them because they want to make merchandise of you. We got to pay. I mean, I wonder how much Paul had. I mean, how much Titus had to pay Paul? How much did Timothy owe him at the end of his life? You know what I'm saying? <laughs> yeah. but, you know, I mean, the thing is, is we shouldn't be going to these colleges, man. This is where this is where another place where a crisis of faith happens. 
is in these colleges and in these TV churches, these big mega churches where they can't spend no time with their people, where they can't sit down with their people and talk through these things. But these big old colleges and all these things, man, these are going to be crises of faith there because why? They they there to, to start the doubt. They they here to tell you that they, they, they get on to. I mean, now people gonna disagree with me on this. I know. Yeah, most I, will I think I, I don't. I don't have a problem with. Yeah, I don't have a problem with with, with uh, college or Bible college for that matter. But I do see some of the inherent problems. But anyway, continue. Yeah, and and, see, and, and, I, and I have a total big problem with them, right? I, I just I feel like that we should be our young people, our missionaries should come from our local churches. We shouldn't be missionaries from every church. Let the, let that local church take. If, if God called you out of that church to go somewhere, then your local church should be able to take care of you. Mm. And, 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 and if you're going if, if you're going to be a pastor, then you should be able to send your pastor and, and let him teach you he should be he more worthy to judge whether you your local congregation is more worthy to judge whether you nah, really want them or not fair, that's, when, they, when, they, when, when the point. apostles they say hey you know what we got to feed these these widows i ain't got time to do it because i got stuff to do i mean like like study the word of god and pray so since i got study the word of god and pray go find yourself some strong men and go figure out figure this thing out they go out and say you know what this man full of the holy ghost what did they mean that he was full of the holy ghost see we just let them say that and we actually like we don't want to figure out what that is but he full of the holy ghost and then when they go get him and then guess what he does when he first get there he ain't go feed no widows he went out and preached the word of god and he went out there instructing on what the scripture said about the death burial and resurrection it's the man full of the holy ghost he walking in the spirit and he went he goes out there and he preaches the word of god now question who was best to know if stephen was a good man or not some preacher down the road at some bible college or was it the, pre the local people in the church? Mm. The local people in the church is who, who can see and recognize the gifts that God has put in you because they know you. Oh, we don't, This thing is messed up, man, because we physical. Because again, what we're seeking after of is the knowledge of good and evil. We're seeking after all this knowledge. Our whole life is based on Adam and Eve's first sin. Knowledge, mm. look at this. You got to go to school and gain all this knowledge. Then you got to go to college and gain this knowledge. And then you become a master when you gain a particular set of knowledge. And then they'll give you a PhD, a doctorate of philosophy, if you bring new knowledge that we didn't know before into existence. So two, that's what it's about. Two, two things I want to say. Again, I don't have a problem with, with Bible mm. college, but you have very, very solid points, though. I, I can't argue your points. But you said something. That again, I'm going to bring my boy Voss up again. Voss said this, and he said this about two years ago. It was the first time I heard him say it. He said, I, now I'm paraphrasing. So Voss, if you see the video, write a comment under, let me know what you said. He said something to the effect of, I have a hard time trusting a man or woman for that matter that doesn't have close friends around them, like spiritual friends. Like they don't know nobody, like nobody knows you. Nobody knows your spiritual state. Like you're not, you're not sh iron sharpening iron with nobody. Like, and I, so to your point, you're right. Like who, as a, as the body of Christ, we've become disconnected. And I am thankful for a lot of these digital mediums, but the digital mediums cannot replace the one-on-one -on -one fellowship, right. people who know you, right? I enjoy, look, I have brothers that I know online that I have not met physically. We talk, we chop it up, we share messages, we laugh, we debate spiritual things just like me and you debate when we get on the phone. But there's something different when I'm sitting in church with a, with a group of men and we're talking through some things, right? When, you, when you're actually 
that that physical connection and somebody who knows you can't be replaced because I can portray anything I want to portray online. Yeah. Anything I can portray anything. You can portray any image you want to online. That ain't nothing. Whoever you think I am online. Nah, I'm nothing. I'm nobody, but the people around me, right? You can say, no, I know him, yeah, I know right? You. I've, I've known this man for however many years when I'm at church, Jim could say, no, I've sat down and talked with him. I've, I've been in his presence. There's something different about being in a person's presence, right? If you, you know, if something was off with me, you'd be like, nah, so what's, what's going on? Something, something, something ain't right. Something ain't right. Something going on. You need to talk about something. You got something in the wind, something you need to pray about some sin in the air. What is it? That element, that missing element is probably what leads to crisis in a lot of people's lives. Cause like Roger was bringing up if, if, and again, I'm, I'm not putting words in his mouth. If he, if he had somebody that he felt confident enough that, yo, I can bring these questions to this person. We can talk about this. I'm, I'm not saying it, it would have solved it, but maybe it would have, maybe that would have solved. Like if he could have sat down because ultimately what happened, and this is goes back to what you said. He reached out to a guy that he met physically, that he knew physically, uh, Nick Peters, I think he said his name was. And so because Nick knew Roger personally, he was like, well, I'm not going to just attack these questions like this. I think you might have an incorrect premise. Let's talk about this. That, yo, shout out to that man. I don't know yeah. him. God bless that man. God bless that man tenfold because... He, I, I could say, I believe I could say with confidence that he was an instrumental tool in preventing a brother from walking in error. That's right. And I, and, and you can, there's something that, and again, that goes back to discipleship. And so it goes back, not only the discipleship, but it goes back to that when the person say they're a Christian, that they must love the brethren. And, and and we got to love each other. We got to be sharing with each other. We got to be talking to each other. Kali, man, you and Don, Kali, if, 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 if Nate is, is looking at it, I mean, we all at some point get on the phone and we can talk for hours, if not text for hours. Oh, yeah. And, 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 if not just talking, don't get all of us in the same room about nothing. Yeah, wives going to be because mad. What, <laughs> right. You know, because that's what you really need. You need fellowship. Fellowship is what helps us. So when I got when I got into my sin and I was going my way, the first thing I did was get away from all my friends. Distance yourself, I went, bro. I, I distanced myself from my friends. I went and got my little place in Fort Walton Beach. Uh, you know, nobody knew where I lived at. I stopped calling, stopped coming around. I, because why? I, I was in sin. I couldn't have everybody in my business. Right. You know what I'm saying? And, and not until one day I was moving, Nate came and helped me move. And then that's when the process started over again for me. So I agree, colleagues, man, that, you know, with you and Roger on this, that it it does, you know, my neighbors always say this about it because we, you know, you know, in our neighborhood, we always say it takes a village and all of us watching each other kids, you know, like when I say watch, I mean, my kids don't go too far from, from my, my, no, I know what you mean. View, but what I'm saying is, we all, we all make sure nobody ain't harming our children. We keep them, right. don't you do that? Don't you say that? You know, right. and, 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 and that, it takes a village, man. It takes all of us. The Christian church is the most important uh, 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 um, uh, entity on this planet. Amen. It's so important Christ going to marry. 
Christ Amen. is gonna marry her. She's so important, and 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 and, and she wise, and and she's the chaste virgin that 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 is, that is meant for Christ, and and being a part of it, and, and fellowship with the people in it. We need people in the church working for the church, not for these colleges and universities, not for these fake TV preachers. We need people working in local individual churches. Why? Because one, churches need fingers and toes and hands, Amen. and they need hearts. And they don't need a head. We got one of those already. Right. Christ. But we need arms and, and, and spleens and knees and so that we can do the work of Christ. So let me so let me, me let me let me uh let me end with this. I want to wrap with this. That's a pain. I'm sorry. Yeah, no, 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 no. I want to wrap with this, but I want your I want your comment on it, which you were getting into, and I kind of wanted to get you for you for you went off and kept going. God created us as communal beings. Let me say that again. God created us as communal beings. When God mm. created Adam, what did he say? It is not good for not man good. to be alone. Hey, you know, now, I thought about this here. Adam is in the garden. He's speaking to God, all the safety of the animals in the world, and yet he still said he was alone. He got the very relationship that we want with God, and yet he was alone. How? We need each other, but go ahead. I'm sorry. No, that's that's what I wanted you to comment on. I, I think so when people look at good, it, it wasn't that it wasn't good in the sense that we're thinking. I believe it's the fact that God created us as communal beings. And the moment we separate from that community is normally when things start going awry. Comment on that and we'll, we'll end on those comments. And I'm sorry for interrupting you because nah, that, that was a good segue into saying, let me tell you something here. You know when Adam was in the garden? No. <laughs> <laughs> no. <laughs> but you think about that, man. Adam is in the garden, man. He got everything in life, man. He got a relationship with God. He got safety. He got all the food he wants. He got a home. You know what I'm saying? He 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 got everything he need. And yet Adam is sitting there looking at the animals and saying, listen, I'm, I'm missing something. Right. And God knows he's missing something. But God is, if God, the Bible says he's watching them to see what he's going to name the animals. God watching them. And God knows he needs a mate, but God's seeing what's going on. And God gives them a mate. And he gives them somebody. He gives them, you know, the Bible talks about how can two walk together. I mean, you know, you know, two is a strong, you know, you know, two can't, two is a strong cord and three can't be hardly broken or something like that. Right. I mean, we need each other, man. And, ah, and, 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 and so the, the hardest way to go into a crisis of faith is when you rile up the Christian people. Because they ain't going to let you go. Not real ones. Not right. a real friend. A real friend, he is born for this adversity. Right. He born right. for this. And it, A and real friend is... Go ahead, I'm sorry. I was just going to say, and, and it doesn't mean some people won't walk away. There's some people yeah, who it, just want to walk. It's, it's going to happen, but I think it's less likely, like you're saying. And, and you're right. And I should clarify that. It's less likely that you'll walk away. You know, it, you know think about what Peter went through. I mean, Peter done denied the Christ, man. Easy for him to say, man, you know what, man? I'm out. You know, I don't know how to go through this no more. It's <laughs> crisis of faith. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? But, but the brethren are still out there with him fishing. John, too. They're right. all still with him. They ain't know him say, you know, you did this. Now, John been out with Jesus the whole time. Jesus on the cross. John standing there with the mama, with Mary Magdalene. John the whole time. But guess who's still out there fishing with Peter at the end? And Jesus comes up, John. Yeah. So, so, so I, I really feel like that, 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 that brotherly, uh, you know, you know, that brotherly friendships, the sisterly friendships, those things got to also be a part of not falling into a crisis of faith because, mm. 
I mean, as we talked about, we talked about, you know, you know, salvation and, and how that's being presented and, and, and how it pushes us to crisis of faith and, 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 and discipleship and, and how that's being utilized and how that can create these, you know, positions of, of doubt and, 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 and crisis of faith. And then we're, we're not, you know, you know, being into a local body, which gives you fellowship can also lead to these crises of faith. That's three. That's the trinity. Oh, there we go. That's a bar right there. That's a bar. Uh, bringing, bringing them bars out. Well, man, thank you for joining me. I appreciate it to everybody who watched all the way through. If you think this is long, you haven't seen, I, I think as a matter of fact, when we talk, what was it last Saturday? I think mm -hmm. I checked my phone. I was like a two. I'm sitting in a parking lot. I get a call from him. I'm getting ready to do something. We on the phone for two hours. I forgot what I was getting ready to do. We start talking about doctrine, spiritual things. It's, it's actually very enjoyable and we don't always agree. Yo, there's times where it's like, nah, man, I don't know if I, I don't know if I agree with that. And he like, nah, man, you wrong. This is what you need to look at. But what I like about it is talking with other brothers has done two things. One, I realize I don't know everything. I think we all have moments where you get a little puffed up, think we done learned something. Oh, I'm getting ready to tell him X, Y, and Z. And then you just deflate that balloon like, nah, nah, not so much. And I think that's needed. Again, another part of staying away from this crisis of faith. So again, thank everybody for joining us. I appreciate it. So as you can see, not everyone's crisis of faith is the same. Not everyone comes to a resolution in the same way. The one thing that's constant is if you really want to know the truth, you're not asking because you just want to prove what you think you already know. You just really want the truth. And that's what you're seeking. God will definitely bring you the answer. Y'all know what it is. Stay frosty, people. <laughs>